Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, I'm Orlando Eastwood, director of On the Road, The Search for Bigfoot, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show. You are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. All right. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. So, we have uh, last finished Hayden's Mistake in the Turisticu, uh story that I have. And so we're now on part eight, Sarge's Secret, and that will require some explaining because we uh, <laughs> haven't talked to Sarge in a while. But for those of you that remember the first story, Sarge was the human uh, who was on the lamb from of the the Touristicu, the the human empire, basically. So he he was wanted by his own people, and this uh, jerk named Makiarnik came up and murdered all of uh, Cal's village except for her, uh, <laughs> and and. Uh, you you get the sense that Mackie Arnack is uh, after Sarge, you know, and then, you know, uh, later on, you, you know, we learn that that uh, Sarge and, and uh, Mackie Arnack were, were kind of recruits together and they, they knew each other when they were first joining the, the human military. So, yeah, there's a little backstory there. And uh, so and so anyways, uh, Sarge is part of the story from the very first novel is that you know cal our main character she's out in the woods and she's making a house and sarge comes up and uh meets her and uh you know offers to help uh build the house with her and, and then you know she's giving him food telling him how to survive on the planet and stuff like that and then eventually he gives her uh this magic stone uh of course she's doesn't know at the time that it's a, a, you know, a device that leads Makiarnek to her village, uh, who's obviously after Sarge. And, and uh, you know, so there's a little 
bit of thinking that Sarge, you know, may have betrayed her, right? Because if he gave her the tracking device that uh, Mac Yarnick is is looking for him, uh, you know, well, you know, betrayal. So that that's a sort of where it stands. And then you also get, you know, you obviously know Mac Yarnick and Sarge knew each other. Uh, and and then yeah, that that that's all kind of stuff to know before the story, and and yeah, I hope you enjoy. Uh, this one's one of my favorites, so <laughs> I, I don't know what it was, but I, I felt this one really worked. So uh, yeah, I'll just go ahead and start. Branson TG Troop Transport jerked and shuddered when it dropped out of FDL. A loud concussive blast rippled through the hall. Plasma bolts pelted the shields with the telltale thumps that pulled soldiers around in their harnesses. Even in their power armor, it would be hard to stay standing. The anxiety they felt didn't show on their faces. The readouts in Sarge's helmet said that the troops had elevated heart rates. The sweat production enzymes were working overtime. One of the recruits even got a dose of anti-anxiety drugs from the med pack on a suit, just enough to let him shoot straight, yet keep him from panicking and putting the whole team at risk. We're past blockade one, the pilot said in a British accent. Another concussion rocked the hall, and they would have been bouncing around the bay had it not been for the straps. Tara nudged Tomahawk, another recruit with the derves of steel, according to Sarge's display. You think the urine filter is working overtime in the pilot's flight suit? Lieutenant Mac Yarnack is the best damn pilot the Academy has ever seen, Sarge barked. You're lucky to have him. You know that, flyboy? Corporal Jensen asked. He and Sarge had been through some rough patches together. So Sarge was surprised and was pretty sure Jensen knew all his stories. Especially when they were trapped behind a Shusharian blockade and had nothing to do but hide in an asteroid mine and wait for rescue. Yeah, said Sarge. We're bunkmates during basic. Basic was the one time where it didn't matter if a person was destined to be a gunner on a battlecruiser, a grunt in the first line, or the leader of the whole damn fleet. Everyone went through the same training together. It was a year-long process covering nearly everything. Zero G, high G, power armor, heavy weapons, hand-to-hand, -hand, basic flight, alien anatomy, and survival skills for just about anything planets or space could throw at an IF military. People formed friendships. No big shock when a private was the best man at the colonel's wedding. Bunkmates became the closest thing to family the IF personnel ever had. If Tara could sink lower in her armor, she would. She averted her eyes. Sarge let the uncomfortable silence go on until they flew through what sounded like a series of cluster missiles bursting around the vessel. He tossed up the mission brief on the screens again. Tick to Pat was making its last stand. The Shusharians had a shield generator protecting the city. Their elite swordmasters roamed the woods in the surrounding area, which didn't sound like much against a trooper with power armor and a plasma rifle. However, the upside-down pyramid-bodied creatures with no heads and three arms could teleport short distances. They used energy blades that cut through power armor like it was Grandma's knit sweater. If soldiers even saw a swordmaster, they were as good as dead. Not that anyone expected to die if they could make it to the ground safely. The real war was being fought in the orbital planes above the planet. 
a multi-group of collective ships was making a final stand against the most massive battle fleet in the galaxy's history. Sarge's TG-3 was one of millions of ground force transports flying through the epic space battle for the land invasion. Considering the expected loss ratio of 37% of transports, his last moments in the universe would be quite likely involved rereading the unexciting task ahead of them as if they were about to make landfall. They were selected to guard the newly appointed Major Daudry while he acted as XO for the Western Battalion, which would charge through the forest of Swordmasters once the orbital bombardments brought down Tech's energy shield. It was considered an honor for those who cared about that kind of crap, which Sarge did not. The only reason they were bestowed the honor of standing around a field office scratching their genitals was that Mr. Anti-Anxiety Meds was the new nephew of Brigadier General sitting in tactical station on a battle cruiser in the Cooper Belt of the Negromoto Star System. Meanwhile, the fellow soldiers who were lucky enough to make Planetfall had expected a loss ratio of about 54% when they attempted to overwhelm the Swordmaster Blades with sheer numbers instead of tactics. The survival stat didn't even include the forces in the city because the shield also prevented scanning. Tech was a multi-tiered metropolis with increasingly large lower layers. There could be armies hiding from orbital view. A chance of a guy like Mr. Anti-Anxiety Med sur surviving the assault was nothing to the nth degree. Not that it mattered. If the siege turned out to be a hopeless battle, the ships would rain down holy fire leaving a crater where the city had been. Taking control of the place with ground assets was merely a cost-saving measure so the mining companies won't have to spend all that money on infrastructure. We are through number two, Makiarnik's voice interrupted their debrief. All right, people, Sarge said. Look sharp. We hit Atmo any moment now. The intensity of the weapon's fire increased. The hull of the ship was taking a beating. They were thrashed around. Sarge thought about LCs in Kansas City. It was a barbecue place that hadn't changed since humans could barely flounder around in low Earth orbit. The building was now in the Night District, a place so deep underneath the megastructures of Earth that the sun would never shine. Sarge grew up in the trash heap of the old world, where rot was the only thing left that once was. He lived in a house that probably once was a home to a doctor or a lawyer, and now squished three families to a floor. Any property worth saving in old Kansas City was rebuilt brick by brick in the floating gardens atop the city. LC's was Sarge's favorite place. Even though the memories were mixed, it was the first place he ever realized his dad was a crap factory. His mom was better off without him. His first girlfriend has held his thigh under the table. Sarge even tapped through his IF application at LC's. Squat building was unassuming and could weather anything that would come its way. It survived the land rec reclamation riots when large swaths of the city were being demolished and reinforced for larger structures. Not that the riots did much good. Massive pylons were erected the very next day when the airspace above the people who didn't want to move was sold to begin construction of an entirely new Kansas City on top of the old one. Much like LC's, Sarge was a survivor. 
He weathered through his government-issued childhood home, being burnt to the ground with an infestation of cellia potters, killed the families on the first floor. They're a nasty critter from the Ivanov star system that usually hitched a ride in a black market rice. It looked like a grain of rice and could survive being cooked like one. Once they got in the body, they would multiply and burst from the chest. They crawled to the nooks and crannies of the building, waiting for another host, burrow inside the next unsuspecting person. The only way to get rid of them was burn everything and radiate the infected. Since Sarge knew what it was like to almost die of radiation poisoning when he was 12, the discomforts of basic training felt like child's play to him. Most people in the neighborhood that scoffed at the families who were killed by the cellular potters. They did it to themselves, one man had said. Should have printed rice instead of that black market crap. Sarge knew that replicating food wasn't an option. The rice was for a religious ceremony and needed cultivation by sunlight on a planet with Earth-like conditions. Even though humans had outgrown their need for farming, people still did it. There was a yearning to go beyond Earth's metal and deca-concrete walls. From tradition and belief systems to just plain preference. He experienced the call of the wild when he was a kid. Under the warmth of sunlight emulator, his mom would grow a cucumber vine and save the seeds of the very best ones for the next summer. Each year, Sarge watched the vines twist and sprout the oblong treats. He could even remember the crunch and the fresh taste. He would swear to his friends in the schoolyard it was different than the ones slapped together molecule by molecule by the school serving droid. It ended after the silly potters came. The seeds his mom tried to sneak past quarantine were irradiated, and nothing more than a memory. Soil, new seeds, even the pot were too expensive for a family to afford. By the time he started collecting decent paycheck from the IF, his mom was far too mentally deteriorated to take care of a plant. Not that he could afford one anyway. Most of his check was keeping her in a better facility than the hellholes the residents of the night district would usually be shoved into when their brains started to go. Humanity never died of anything related to their bodies failing anymore. Old age involved the brain deteriorating until the person was nothing but husk of their former self. While the rich were able to delay it as long as possible with expensive treatments and exotic medicines, their brains too would rot in the end. A small piece of it had been hoped when he joined the military, He'd die in combat rather than a drooling madman locked away in an elder care facility waiting for death to take him. We're approaching number three. Mackie, our next voice, came through his headset. Prepare for descent. It's going to be bumpy. Maybe today was that day. All right. Sarge's secret. Come back next time. And uh, don't eat black market rice. You'll be fine.